Two weeks from today, the number 20 overall pick in the NFL draft will go to you-know-who. And I'm going to share my, not prediction, more of a hope for who that might be. And it's kind of complicated. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I also offer Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. Two weeks, 14 days, 5 billion mock drafts to go. This will not be one of those. I do not ever claim to be one of those Mel Kuypers who navigates all 32 teams' needs and all five bazillion college players who are eligible and then go round by round by round. Uh Uh-uh. No. I'm probably a whole lot more like you in this regard. I just want to get to number 20. You know what I mean? And while understanding and appreciating that what happens with the first 19 can obviously impact number 20, I'm just going to kind of throw that off to the side. I have said this week I would be okay with a wide receiver. I'd be okay with a couple of wide receivers in the top four or five picks, to be honest with you. I think the need is that significant at that position, and I think that the younger You get a wide receiver of some pedigree, the healthier you are in that particular room in the long term. I've even made the case on occasion, and it's a pretty specific case, for drafting a quarterback. No, I am not in favor of it. Don't like the class. Don't like anything about moving up to get someone from the class, which is what you'd probably have to do for Malik Willis, the quarterback in whom they at least appear to be most interested. I had previously made the case for the offensive line, and then Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin rolled out multiple Brinks trucks to bring back Chooks Okorafor to add James Daniels and Mason Cole. And I'm now at least reasonably okay with what's on that depth chart at most slots, but especially now at center, which really needed to be resolved, and I think was. I've joked about running back. No, I don't think they would go running back real high two years in a row. But I do think there's merit to considering kind of a tag team partner for Najee Harris in the spirit, uh, in particular, of what's been done in Cleveland with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt when the latter's healthy. And then there's one other position that I've really kind of locked in on more and more as each week passes and more information becomes available. And to be honest with you, you just get more invested. You know what I'm talking about? You start paying attention a little bit more. You start digging a little bit deeper into players that maybe you wouldn't have considered, I don't know, a month or so ago. And my guy, my target is 
a guy who might not even be on the field half the time. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose when and how you'd prefer to do that studying, whether it's at Point Park's gorgeous downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online, maybe a flexible hybrid format would work best for you. Find out more about all of this at pointpark.edu. Allow me, please, to introduce you to Jordan Davis, a six foot six, three hundred and forty one pound mountain of a human being who is a defensive lineman. I don't need to tell anyone who pressed play on this particular podcast that the Steelers do have very good options on the defensive line in 2022. But I also don't need to tell you that they're all, you know, getting up there. Cam Hayward is coming off inarguably the best season of his career, and it's to his credit that he's able to pull that off into his 30s. I absolutely implicitly trust him to continue being that guy for as long as he's legitimately capable. Tyson Alualu, once he's completely healed from that ankle injury that cost him almost all of last season. Outstanding player, former first-round pick himself. And Stefan Tuitt, we can go over into oblivion. Everyone knows his situation, but everyone also knows that in 2020, he was every bit as good as Cam. So for this season, that room's okay, but that's not how it works. And it's certainly not how it works with the franchise of Mean Joe Green, where that has to be a strength. That has to be an anchor. Jordan Davis's story is fascinating. It really is, because he is not a modern defensive lineman in that, by his own admission in speaking with reporters at the Combine and in Indy, he's not a pass rusher. You can't really find too many uses in the NFL for a defensive lineman who doesn't get to the quarterback. It's a passing league. It's kind of common sense. On top of that, over the past couple of seasons at Georgia, it's been obvious that once he does get to a certain threshold, snap count, he starts fading a little bit. But. I gave you the negatives first. Now I'm going to give you the rest. Nick Saban called Davis one of the best players at any position in all of college football. His presence, his old school capability, think more, you know, Casey Hampton and taking up a couple of blockers, presented the Bulldogs' opponents with a challenge that they really haven't been used to facing in recent years because nobody does this anymore. But Georgia did. He was at the line of scrimmage. He was eating up blockers. He was run-stopping. And every Saturday, their opponents had to scheme around him. And it's not easy to do that because you don't have humans on your roster who are capable of going against someone this large and this athletic. How athletic? Well, this is the part where it gets fascinating. 
See, Davis went to this combine and pretty much broke every record for speed, jumping, the whole deal for a player of his weight. And that's how these things get tracked at the combine. You have your speed, you know, measured up against that of a cornerback. And he blew scouts away. This is just with natural, God-given ability. He's had weight fluctuation issues. Uh, he's gone up. He's gone down. There are different points of view as to where he should play on a regular basis. Of course, that'll also depend on usage. But if you have what he has that cannot be coached up, you have that size and you have that athleticism. To a large extent, the other things are controllable or teachable. The last thing I'll leave you with on this one is that Mike Tomlin was at George's Pro Day. Mike Tomlin was being interviewed by someone on campus that was just there, you know, a, a school reporter. And Tomlin was asked you know, about his impressions of, of Davis and what he thought. And Tomlin just glowed about the kid, just loved him. But then he finished it by saying, I believe that young man will have hugged Roger Goodell before we get to him. Well, maybe he won't. You know, he's floating in the teens on most rankings. The Steelers are at 20. Think about it. Just at least think about it. When we come back, just one question. Welcome back. Time for Just One Question. It's always brought to you by our friends at Mike's Beer Bar. That's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. Mike's is home to more than 80 rotating taps of local craft beer, more than 500 great craft bottles, and out of those, more than 350 of them local. It is the premier destination in our city for craft beer. Be sure to visit Mike's Beer Bar on the North Shore, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Our J1Q comes from Sean, who asks, with the increasing costs of high-end wide receivers, do you see the Steelers and Deontay Johnson agreeing to terms on a multi-year extension before the start of the regular season? The team's obviously only given a long-term second contract to two receivers in the last couple of decades, Heinz Ward and Antonio Brown. And as good as Johnson is, I can't place him in their tier just yet. No, Sean, I, I don't see that happening. First of all, because there's no need. He's signed through next year. But going long-term extension, I guess I probably should start learning to hedge on questions like this, because now what you're asking about is going to come under the auspices of the next general manager, not Kevin Colbert. And my reflexive responses to anybody who asks about something that's going to happen personnel-wise after draft day, or the draft weekend, I should say, uh, at any day, 
Following that, there could be a new GM in place. And there's no way you would have Colbert making the call on Deontay if the new GM is, in fact, as the Steelers are aiming, someone in the Colbert mold and who does things the Steelers' way, then no, you will not see that happen. I believe management will want to see more of Deontay. And by that, I mean more of what they saw early on, more of the production, but also more splash. If you have a new quarterback and the quarterback's moving around and you're doing things to adjust to that, come back to the ball, or if you trust the quarterback to engineer the deep ball, which Ben only really did in a couple of games in his final season, then it's reasonable to expect more catches of 20-plus yards. And I'm talking about in the air. I mean, 20-plus yard plays are welcome under any circumstance, no matter how you get the football to the guy. But I'm talking about bombs. I'm talking about field stretching. Uh, Deontay's capable. We've seen that. I don't know that he's great at it, but he's capable. And if you want to put someone into that kind of tier, and you just listed... Hines and A.B., you've got to start doing special things. You just do. Uh, I know that there's been a debate now for a couple of years as to whether or not Deontay's a number one receiver. And I guess that depends on your perspective. Is he the number one receiver on your team, or is he a number one receiver, meaning the generally accepted definition of the term? To me, he's the number one receiver on this roster, I'm not sure that's saying all that much given Chase Claypool's inconsistencies and the fact that Juju Smith-Schuster has moved on to Kansas City. But I'm reasonably confident that he couldn't be seen that way around the NFL as someone who would be a number one on, I don't know, more than half of the teams, 20 of the teams. This isn't a knock. I, I like the guy. I like the way he's developed. I believe there is, in fact, another level, but he's got to show it. He's got to show it. And by the way, he's got to show it through all 17 games, meaning don't fade at the end the way he did this past season. Then, after that, you want to talk? Let's pull up a chair and get busy. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We'll do another one tomorrow. Tomorrow.